Hello, this is Dr. Nancy O'Reilly, and you are listening to Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Each week, we bring you an outstanding woman who is a leader in her field. These amazing women are experts and role models for creating positive relationships, building careers, or helping you with your own health and fitness or your self-esteem. Now, if you've been listening to these conversations, you know I've been interviewing these women leaders since 2007. I feel so privileged to connect with these women that I chose 19 of them to co-author my book, Leading Women, 20 Influential Women Share Their Secrets to Leadership, Business, and Life. And you know, it's full of personal stories and guidance about accessing your internal power, your power, managing your environment, and connecting you with others. You can find it in the business section of your local bookstore or order it on Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Now, this week, I'm pleased to welcome another leading woman, Santa Barbara Mayor Helene Snyder. Helene is currently serving her second term as mayor, but she's been serving Santa Barbara, California since 2003, when she won her first election as city council member. Besides her regular duties, she strives to connect local government with business, nonprofits, and philanthropic organizations, including the Santa Barbara Arts and Culture, and she serves on a variety of regional boards addressing issues of transportation, air quality, teen violence prevention, and more. She also co-chairs the U.S. Conference of Mayor's Hunger and Homelessness Task Force and serves on the statewide board of the League of California cities. In the private sector, Helene is a professional human resources management consultant with HR Press. I'm so pleased to welcome Mayor Helene Snyder's Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women. Well, good morning, Helene. Glad to have you on Conversations with Smart, Amazing Women because you are one. Well, thank you. It's good to be on. Just to give a little background, you know, public service. You have been in public service for a very, very long time, since, what, 2003? Is that correct? Right, right. I was first elected to the Santa Barbara City Council in 2003. Yep. Yeah, so you've been you've been at this for a while, but public service is a, is, is a different critter. There's no doubt about it, but... You know, how did you how did you how did you come about even wanting to run for office? Because you know that's that in itself is a is a huge decision for people to start to to run for office. But if we if you could tell me your personal story about how you became who you are today, sure. Um, you know, when I, I think when people are involved and active on issues, especially women in particular, I don't think running for office per se, comes up as the first thing to think about. But, you know, one thing leads to another, and I like to call it the cumulative effect, and it just gets you to a point where um, running for office can be the next logical step. And and for me, what got me interested and involved in politics in particular had to do with women's rights, particularly reproductive freedom. Uh, I was a women's studies major at Skidmore College, and I interned at the Planned Parenthood, local Planned Parenthood in upstate New York, um, and just this is in the late 80s, early 90s, and lots of uh, protests and rallies, and, you know, it was a presidential election. It sounds very similar to actually the issue today and the yeah. political fight today for reproductive freedom. I moved to Santa Barbara after college and got connected once again with the Planned Parenthood affiliate here and also uh, some other local organizations, um, including the Santa Barbara Women's Political Committee, and 
just got more and more involved in local issues and connecting with helping uh, people get in, run for office and started my professional career in human resources management. I actually became the HR director for the Planned Parenthood affiliate. Uh, and that's where my venture into municipal affairs uh, came because I was very interested in this balance that we see here uh, on the central coast of California of being an absolutely beautiful place um, that's very expensive. And how do you as uh, how do you recruit and retain qualified employees who can be part of their community in a very high cost of housing area. So I got interested and involved with issues related to affordable housing, and um, the mayor at the time, Harriet Miller, uh, suggested and encouraged me to apply to be on the city housing authority, which um, so I became a commissioner. So just sort of one of those one thing leads to another, and there was a particular afternoon I was at Santa Barbara City Hall. There was a, an item on the on the agenda where I was speaking up my two minutes at the public comment of, at the podium and about a policy and, and telling the council what I thought they should do. And it was one of those aha moments. I looked up and thought to myself, you know, I don't want to be telling them what to do. I want to be one of the people making that decision. And yeah. so that kind of led to you know, this idea of, of uh, and, and and talking with friends and supporters of running for council the following year. So, you know, you get through there and, and so got on the city council and then, you know, then you're totally immersed in municipal affairs and being part of, in public service and being part of an elected body and uh, the, the mayor's seat opened up in 2009 and we have term limits in Santa Barbara, and so it was wide open, and, and I would be termed out uh, two years later and, and thought, well, you know, why not? And yeah. let's, I have more that I'd like to contribute. So dove into that race in 2009 and been mayor since then. So it's been, it's been a great process and uh, very, very rewarding. Well, and maybe a lot of people don't know that you also just uh, had your congressional race and, uh, you know, as I said, I was reading your letter to friends, supporters, donors, and volunteers. How, how are you feeling about that? Um, you know, that's always discouraging, but I mean, as you said, you had a great race, but uh, I, I, wanted yeah, to, and, I wanted to see you go all the way. I wanted to see you Oh, thank you. I, you know, I, it was worth doing. I knew going when I made the decision to run for Congress that um, it would be a tough race. There ended up being nine candidates and in California it's a top two primary and it was an open seat and uh, uh, it, it it was definitely worth doing I you know didn't make it through the top two but uh, you know I thought I was able to bring some important issues to the fore that uh, weren't being talked about otherwise that and having the experience of running for federal office I think is um, an eye-opener to say the least uh, but but one that, that was worth doing, and, and I actually think that process for me will help me be a better mayor. I, I'm, still, uh, I'm still mayor for the next 18 months, and uh, just having a, a bigger perspective on how national issues affect local government and vice versa, um, what's going on in the central coast here throughout the district, and, uh, you know, so it, it was... It was a big deal, but I knew, you know, going in, making the decision, uh, it was actually my uncle who um, said it very well when I was deciding whether or not to run. He just looked at me and goes, well, you know, go big or go home, and, and uh, sometimes you got to take that leap, and it, it was yeah. worth doing. I absolutely agree, and as I said, you know, I'm, I'm as you know, my, my mission is to women supporting women, but women also, women 
with his leadership growing in our country is huge for me. Uh, I've partnered yeah. with Take the Lead to uh, – our goal is by the year 2025 is to have equal parity as far as women's leadership in our country, and we're not there yet. So you know, We're not I, even close. Um, Congress is – 19% of women are in Congress, and that's yeah. it. Yep. We're, we're at 75th in the world as far as women's leadership. I, I just attended a, a conference in India, and I, I know I've been, I'll probably use this anytime I'm talking about women's leadership, but uh, this was a women's economic forum, and women from 107 countries attended this uh, economic forum. But something amazing was happening there that uh, – you know, I came back with a resolve, even more of a, of a resolve, to make sure to to make sure that we continue to work on on women's leadership in our country because these countries have are, are so much further ahead of us. You know, Indira Gandhi. I mean, if you look at some of these countries that have had women leaders, top women leaders in in their countries, 50 years or longer. But here we are. One, supposedly one of the strongest, most uh, you know important countries in the world, and our our women's leadership, as far as our our track record, is pretty darn poor. And and I I think there's something very very important that I learned from India is that all these women ha- are used to supporting one another. All these women have been supporting each other for for a long long time, and I think that's something that we can learn so much from is that the support that we give to women, women giving support to one another, is key to so many avenues as far as women's leadership in our country. And I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I'm throwing it out there. But that's my that's my take, and it has been my take. I, I do agree, and I think um, there are areas where that happens. But then I also really think if you look at the presidential race uh, and what's going on, that yeah. um, there's so many occasions of – um, unfortunately, women's trying to make the perfect get in the way of the good, and and uh, there's I've seen one situation after another in my own race, uh, as and as well as others where, if the woman who's you know striving to be in this very competitive field um, had made one mistake a few years ago, or you know something that they didn't quite like, that that is what people are hanging their hat on in terms of making a decision whether to support or not, as opposed to Let's take, you know, the person as a whole and look at the picture as a whole and what can we do to help, you know, improve things and, and boost uh, women into, into office. It, it, it's still yeah. very tough, and so, uh, so I think there's still a little bit of a double standard yeah, here when so, it comes to supporting women into high, high executive roles and leadership roles. So what what is preventing women from running for office? I mean, I mean, again, you look at this particular race, and I really don't want to talk about this race right now, but... Uh, you know, but you look at you know some of the women that came out and some of the women that disappeared. But what what prevents women from actually running and achieving a leadership role, especially in in any area? What do you, what's your what's your take on that? What what first of all prevents them from from running or, or taking on a leadership role, and and what what happens after that? Well, I, you know, and certainly this, you, you think we're talking broadly here, and, and there are women who obviously are running for office, but it is challenging. I think when it comes to political office, the role of money in politics and how much that dominates everything else that happens um, is a deterrent and is something uh, that's very difficult to um, have to deal with, and and you have to make these alliances with people who 
are willing to, uh, you have to ask for money, and women have to be willing to give money to other women. I don't yeah. think that happens as easily as it does, as it, as it has done for decades um, amongst men, male groups. I found that uh, in my campaign where women who genuinely wanted to help, um, the process in which they did it, they were very willing to open doors and have me meet individuals, but it then became my my job to actually do the work to then, you know, try to raise the funds as opposed to what I see in other arenas where the doors are opened and there's an expectation of we're we're here to help you and we're actually you're not gonna leave this place until you have connecting and actual fundraising capacity uh, out the door. And so there's a little extra work going on here and I and it's just a different way of looking at how to how to achieve that goal. You know, I I, th- I still think work-life balance issues in this country is lopsided. Um, you know, the, I know there's been legislation trying to to focus on that with with family leave and childcare, and right. um, you know, where women are being asked, how can you do it all in in the world when, as a new mom, when they don't ask new dads that because it's expected. Um, you know, we don't see that as much in in other industrialized countries where both parents have the equal opportunity to both take time off and to achieve, uh, you know, great things in the workplace, and, and there's a more parity there. So you have a, a higher expectation on a family life level that I think makes it difficult. And then just trying to find ways for, uh, there's a gap it seems like that we have to figure out of women who make it through graduate school in science, engineering, technology, and math, um, you know, degrees, and yet you don't see them in leadership roles in the business world as much as a proportion of the um, women who are graduating from these institutions. So there's a, there's some gap happening there, and I think part of it has to do with the role of the workplace and how work-life balance can be unbalanced. Yeah, well, well what, what we hear, especially in the business world, is that a lot of the talent is walking out the door, and these are women that really have excelled to a certain point in the company and then they then they leave I mean it's it's as if though they the lack of support and the lack of, of women actually supporting each other or feeling that support has a lot to do with how leadership works I mean you know you've got to have you've got to have people supporting you to if you're going to be a leader of any kind you have to have mm-hmm. Uh, a contention. You know that more than anyone that if you don't have supporters and you don't have collaborators and people that you're connecting with, it's money definitely is a huge piece of it, but yet you still have to have that emotional and that physical support right. from from Well, others. and leaders aren't there all by themselves. They are leading a group. They're leading a right. coalition. They're leading something. And, and those people who are part of that group and that coalition are playing their role as well in, in the greater good. And so, yes, someone might be seen as the leader, but it's also because other people there are supporting that process. And, and uh, so, so it's, yeah, that support system is necessary and for both men and women. And, uh, and, and you need to, it's not just support about the job that you're in, but everything that affects that person in that job. And I think that's the, uh, yeah. The challenge that we're finding here that we that you don't see very much in in yeah. other industrialized nations. Well, you know, I mean, I've, I've 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 watched other women run for political races, and I've watched you. I mean, again, you know, I think it it can be very lonely out there for a woman if she doesn't feel that support financially and physically and emotionally. I mean, it's it's just a it, it becomes a very lonesome 
thing, you know, and, and I, I just, uh, I, I think we, we need to change that. We've got to change that so that, that women do feel comfortable and that we can support them once they do. Once they do throw their hat in the ring, then we, we have to jump out there and, and, and support them. But I've been working on women's issues for all my life, you know. I mean, we've talked about this before. But, you know, I think one of the things that I see, and I was talking to Gloria Felt yesterday about that she's the uh, founder of Take the Lead, the leadership program, the women's leadership program, and, and I'm very involved with that. But, you know, women's relationship with with power is an interesting phenomena. You know, she... Gloria talks about her nine power tools, but women's relationship with the whole concept of power has a is a has a negative connotation. But it's you know we talk about not the power of but the power to. Can you talk about that just a little bit? Because power is an important thing. Unless you feel like you have some power in this world, unless you feel like you have some confidence in this world, you're not going to go anywhere as far as leadership is concerned. Well, I I absolutely agree, and I think. There's um, part of power is being able to work with others to help them boost the power of the whole. And I think there's a distinction. And I think, you know, if you even look at how girls grow up about the competition between girls, it, it's sort of a zero-sum game. And I think that actually actually lose power that way as opposed to coming together and, and sharing our collective power to help each of us move up. Um, that is um, a very different way of trying to make something make something work. I mean, I'm going to bring up a um, a fun uh, uh, you know pop culture reference, but I'm a big big fan of the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? And and her power wasn't just because she had superpowers to be a vampire slayer; it was because she enlisted her friends to help her, you know, right. combat evil. And, and in the end of the series, she actually shared her superpowers with all potential slayers around the world yeah. to really get to the, you know, and, and uh, if you ever watched that, that show, I mean, it's a very feminist view of female power that in, in the way that it works, as opposed to you are the one person who's the sole person to get something accomplished and everyone's just looking at you to get it done. It, yeah. You know, you do that, you you lose that power when, when in fact, you bring in everyone in the diversity of, of their collective uh, talents, then you become more than the sum of your parts and then you become, yeah. you, you can become more powerful. And that's, that is a, a different way of trying to look at something and, and achieve those goals. But it's, I think, absolutely necessary. Yeah. Um, Monique Talon, Talon is a, another a, exceptional woman who's done a lot of research and has written books about leading with the feminine, which is, you know, I think this is the key to leadership for women, is that actually women acting as women, leading as women, act, and using the talents and abilities that that are uniquely uh, feminine, which is, again, we are collab, we can be extremely collaborative we have excellent communication skills we're good at seeing the big picture as well as the details that are needed to accomplish goals and again i think the important thing is is that what i what i saw in these other countries more and more is that they were reaching out exactly as you were saying and reaching out for help and and no and i think this is something that women who who have been trained to be in leadership roles and have, are acting more with the masculine versus the feminine run into trouble is that they're not good about showing vulnerability, they're not good at being inclusive, and they're not good about reaching out for help. 
And I think the the, the women that are, that we're seeing that truly are coming up through the ranks and are being extremely successful are developing good relationships, you know, as they go up that ladder. You know, we've always had these talents and abilities, but we haven't really used them. I mean, we've masked them. We've, you know, again, women now are coming out and actually looking like women now. I mean, when I was working in a large healthcare system, uh, I wore uh, a suit. Uh, I wore a suit with padded shoulders. I wore ties. You know, I mean, I've been through every conceivable uh, period as far as leadership and being in those roles, but again, to be accepted or even to be, um, you know, be recognized as a leader or even as a, you know, having some expertise, at least at that time, it felt like it demanded certain behaviors, which were not feminine whatsoever. But but I think what what's happening, and, and again, Gloria and, and all these women that I'm talking to that are extremely successful are saying, wait a minute, you know, we've had these talents, we've had these abilities, let's let's use them. Let's use them to for communication. Let's use them for re- developing relationships because that is the key. And I'm sure that's one of the things that you found more and more as you went through this process. It's really about developing good, healthy relationships and developing the support you need to get to where you want to be. Right, and and tapping into other people's talents and letting them thrive in their talent that can then help the big, the greater good. I think that's part of you know, as opposed to just um, delegating and, and being, uh, you know, telling people what to do and being a taskmaster, taskmaster, it's also, it, I think it works better when it's from the bottom up and talking about, well, what is it that others can contribute because they have a unique quality as well and to harness that energy and that power that, because um, that, that you don't have. And, and, you know, not not every person has every single leadership trait, but they know when, but I think leaders can recognize excellence in others and bring that to the fore to help, you know, the, the team as a whole to get things accomplished. And that is in and of itself, you know, then you're seen as a leader because you're helping bring people up who then want to be part of, you know, whatever the, the um, collective goal is. And that's very powerful when that happens. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if I've told you this, but the the book Leading Women, 20 Influential Women's Secrets to Business uh, Success in Business Life and Leadership, basically started with ask, me asking women like yourself, how can I help you? And, mm-hmm. and it was almost, I, I remember the first time I asked a woman this that I was talking to on the radio, and I said, I said, you know, uh, so-and-so, how can I help you to be successful and, and, and accomplish your goals? And there was almost this quiet pause. I mean, it was almost a this silence that occurred, and, and all of a sudden she said to me, you, she said, do you mean you want to help me? And, and mm-hmm. I think this is the thing that we have to stop. I mean, this is what we have to just understand is the out there, is that, yes, I do want to help you, I do want to support you, and I do want to be there to help you to be successful. And I think until we all get to that point, and, and especially, you know, women such as yourself, you had the courage, you had the, you had the tenacity, and you had the... Uh, the gumption to go out and run for a political office and have found that you're finding your, your path as you're, uh, you're, and you're finding your way as you've gone up the ladder as far as your offices are concerned. But yet, when somebody says, how can I help you, it just changes the whole uh, flora of the whole place. I mean, how many people actually say that to you on a day-to-day basis? How can I help you? You know, <laughs> it's almost like, well, let's see. Let me think about that. But well, and then and then also follow up and show up. Yeah. Um, you know, showing up is such a powerful tool, and it's it's very simple. 
and, uh, you know, just being there and being present and understanding what's needed and stepping up afterwards is, is, uh, is huge. Um, yeah. and, and asking for help is not a sign of weakness. Asking yeah. for help is, is building your strength. And I yeah. think that's, a, uh, something that needs to be remembered. Uh, well, I'm 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 not going to forget it because it's really how the book uh, Leading Women came about, and it was that right. simple question: How can I help you? So, you know, and I ask you the same thing: How can I help you? And and of course, I will continue to, to say that to you, Helene: Is how can I help you? I, I like this. This is a quote that you sent. It is commonly said when women are elected into office, they often bring a different perspective to the governing body, and and I think that is. So very, very important is that women need to understand the value, the add value that they bring when they bring their leadership skills to to the table. And mm-hmm. you're doing that and you've done that. And, uh, and as, as you said, you know, you've learned a lot of things coming up through the ranks and especially this last race for a con- congressional position. So what are some of the things that you've learned that you can share with us? Well, certainly there there were situations um, in the forums, for example. I mean, I, you know, nine candidates running. I'm the only woman running, and you, you you know you get used to hearing the typical questions that you get in the forum. But I, I felt that because of the background that I had and and um, the perspective I had, I was able to bring different items to the forefront that then became part of the conversation. Um, for example, the issue about being successful in higher education and, and really the, the conversation had to do a lot with student debt as, as students graduate from, from colleges, but really it was about how to be successful in a higher education institution. It wasn't just about student loan debt, although that's important, but I brought up on our very first forum the issue that we're seeing this epidemic of sexual assault on campuses and what is it that we can do um, on a national level to to address this very important issue. And, you know, it wasn't until I was able to bring something like that up that others were talking, then started talking about it. And that, and you need to talk about these very important issues and, and not just put it as a side women's issue. It is a Central American issue that's being a problem. Um, other things about regulations, uh, you know, what's the role of the federal government in, like, things like the um, Clean Air Act or the EPA or things like that. And, and you know, there, you had your typical sound bites about, you know, the more conservative I candidates I, talking about, yeah. I, I think what you're saying, though, and this is kind of what I was trying to get get out of this for, by, by asking you this, is that women, we are very, very good at seeing what the issues truly are. We right, are very, get very, to the core of the at, issue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're, ident- we're good at identifying what needs to happen, what needs to change to make the world a better place. And I think that's, you know, I think that's the key, and that is also the, the value that women bring to the tables that, you know, when the hand that rocks, the cradle rocks the world, because I think we've always seen how people can live better, have a better community, and how, how, how we as all, in, in general can create a better world to live in. And I think that's the value that women always bring to the table. Well, and, and, and it's having a diversity of ideas around the table. And, I mean, that's what makes things work better. I mean, the new invention, the new idea is something that someone hadn't really thought of before. And in order to get to that point, you need different perspectives at the table making those decisions. And so 
until women have parity around that table, you're not going to get the full diverse, um, you know, ideas coming forward. And and that and that also goes, you know, for women of color and men of color and having uh, full diversity around. But certainly at a basic gender um, equity level, uh, on a variety at a variety of, of topics and levels that and issues that that is extremely important. And in Congress is a great example. Nineteen percent of women, only nineteen percent you know, uh, are, are in Congress, and, and you don't have that full perspective on major issues that affect people's everyday lives. Couldn't, I couldn't agree with you more as far as what you're saying and what needs to happen, but, you know, I, I, I want to congratulate you on, on what you've accomplished, and I want to thank you for what you've done and what you continue to do for others and what you do to create that diversity and, and to continue to uh, seek out that parity, which is so very, very important. I couldn't agree with you more on that issue as well, is that until we have a table that is fully diverse and fully fully has that capacity to have different viewpoints and different ideas and creativity, I mean, we, we really are. We're actually shooting ourselves in the foot without it. I mean, we, we definitely, you know, we, we could do so much better if we had that diversity at any of the tables of, of leaders that we can continue to be uh, creative and successful as far as what we try to accomplish to make the world a better place. Well, I want to I wanna thank you personally, and, and uh, of course, what you have said, you've got another 18 months of as our as the mayor here in uh, Santa Barbara. So any last words that you'd like to share with us as far as what women's leadership and women women in general? Well, first to to thank you for for doing the series of of uh of talks and interviews. I think the more we we talk about this, the the better we can figure out how to engage ourselves and realize that uh, we are stronger together and asking for help is actually a sign of bringing power to a higher level as opposed to a sign of weakness. And I, and I think those messages are really very important and bears repeating. So I very much appreciate your role in, in making that happen. Thank you. Well, it's going to take us all. And there's, a, there's an African saying, and it's totally anonymous. Nobody really knows who even came up with it. But it says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go all together. And I think that's what we need to do. We need to go all together to get to that point. But you're definitely uh, you're the, one of the champions in that in that realm. And I want to congratulate you again. And, and uh, uh, I look forward to future relationships and, and, and things with you and, and how I can help you. And you just let me know. But uh, you have a great day, and we'll be talking again. Thanks so much. Thanks Take care. Much.